Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. I'm Fausto Salinas Jr. with FNT Farms and Cattle Company, Sullivan City, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We've got another week rolling, and I've got another episode rolling for you of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, drought conditions are improving in many areas of Texas. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. As farmers continue harvesting crops in the Texas High Plains, they're rounding out a season that had a promising start, but a disappointing finish. I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. The new state veterinarian for Texas, who is also the new executive director of the Texas Animal Health Commission, talks about some of his short and long-term goals. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have comments from Dr. Lewis Bud Dinges straight ahead on Texas Ag Today. Coastal Bend agricultural organizations have been busy informing elementary school students about the importance of agriculture. This is Harvey Buring reporting from the Corpus Christi area. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Drought conditions are dropping as we move into winter. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says recent rains in drought-stricken areas like here in Texas should have allowed cattle producers to put up a bit more forage for the winter. For some of our southern hay production areas, we can still get grass growth pretty late into the year, and that will certainly help in some of those areas like Oklahoma and Texas, where we did get substantial rain just at the end of October. The numbers are also dropping when you look at the percentage of the cattle herd that is dealing with drought. Current number, 37% of the U.S. cattle inventory in drought, and that follows a period of a steady rise from 34 to 47% in drought between mid-August and early October. So again, cattle inventory in drought declining in the last week due to some of that heavy rain. The latest drought monitor also showed a decrease in drought conditions here in Texas. Three agriculture professionals from East Texas have been named finalists for the Texas Farm Bureau's 2023 Excellence in Agriculture Contest. The finalists in this year's competition are Cody Berry of Lufkin, Matthew March of Livingston, and Jacob Spivey of Warren. The Excellence in Agriculture Award recognizes young men and women who work in agriculture but are not full-time farmers and ranchers. 
The winner of the Excellence in Agriculture Award will be announced at the Texas Farm Bureau Convention coming up the first week of December. A federal appeals court in St. Louis has struck down EPA's rule that effectively bans chlorpyrifos, a pesticide widely used in agriculture. The Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that the EPA failed to follow sound science and the law when it revoked chlorpyrifos tolerances in a 2021 rule. The American Farm Bureau Federation was among several farm groups that sued the EPA. AFBF attorney Travis Cushman says the courts originally gave EPA six months to modify its tolerances rule. And rather than modify them and just follow the science on it, they just kind of threw up their hands and canceled all tolerances. And the court found that was inappropriate without first looking uh, at, at the science and the law. EPA could still appeal the Eighth Circuit ruling, but Cushman is hoping otherwise. But hopefully the EPA will realize it messed up. The court found it messed up. Uh, we've been telling them they messed up here and just agreed to, to go ahead and allow these uh, this products back in the market again. Until then, Cushman says producers will continue being forced to use alternatives that may be less effective and more costly. Texas High Plains farmers are wrapping up a season that had a promising start, but a disappointing finish. James Hunt speaks with a Texas Panhandle farmer. Unfortunately, it's a very common experience for Texas High Plains farmers this year. A growing season that began encouragingly with ample spring rains, ending with some unhappy results due to that long dry spell that took over in the summer. Barry Evans is a farmer in Cress. We were really optimistic that we would have some super good yields and the crops look so good early. Then when we turned off dry, I would say we lost probably 75% of what we thought we would be in the middle of July. So a big fall off in the production he had looked for with his cotton and sorghum. And unfortunately, Evans is not expecting any help from crop insurance. On our insurance, we're kind of at that point where... We had a below average crop. We're harvesting a below average crop now. And the insurance doesn't make you whole. It just covers whatever your buy-up is. And right now we're right at that level where the insurance really isn't going to kick in for us. So we're kind of in that no man's land where we really won't get insurance. We're going to have below average yield. So we're kind of in that ugly area right now. A situation that is made even uglier by the fact that there's been a slide in the markets for both cotton and sorghum. So not good news all around when it comes to this season's outcome. But like farmers always do, Barry Evans is looking forward to better times. I've done this long enough that we know we have good years and we have bad years. And I will keep with my plan that's, that's worked over the years. I'll keep a crop rotation, rotate cotton with a grain crop, and we'll just continue to do that and know that some years are better than others. But I, I know that has worked over the years for me, and so I will continue with my plan. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas has a new state veterinarian. Tom Nicoletti has the story. My guest today is Dr. Lewis Bud Dinges. He is the new state veterinarian and executive director for the Texas Animal Health Commission. Joining us today from Austin and Dr. Dinges, so congratulations on the new position. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. It's my pleasure to join you today. So what are your top immediate goals for the Texas Animal Health Commission? Main goals are to, to get in and learn the uh, interaction and daily function of the different departments there in the, in the central office. I would like to uh, to get out to 
some of our region offices and meet with the people and uh, see what their needs and desires are to, to help them perform their jobs on a daily basis. I had the pleasure the last couple of days of being down in the fever tick quarantine zone in, in the, the Rio Grande Valley and, and working with some of those folks. As far as long-term goals go, I would like to maybe move the agency to electronic certificates of veterinary inspection. I think that would help not only our data entry, but also our traceability efforts. There is a Rio Bravo fever tick quarantine zone on the Mexico side of the border that uh, Dr. Schwartz has been instrumental in working with my national committee and USDA on pilot projects and that that area would, would mirror our permanent quarantine zone on the U.S. side. So hopefully we can continue efforts in that area. You know, I'd also like to help make sure these radio frequency ID tags that the USDA has given the, the state, get those distributed to producers and then hopefully get them placed in their replacement cattle to help in our efforts of uh, disease traceability as we go down the road here. Of course, Dr. Andy Schwartz is the Texas Animal Health Commission's Executive Director Emeritus who is uh, retiring. I will have more with Dr. Bud Dinges, the new state veterinarian, on our next program. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Coastal Bend agricultural organizations have been busy informing elementary students about the importance of agriculture. Harvey Buring has an update from Corpus Christi. Well, during the latter part of October, agricultural groups here in South Texas have been conducting a number of educational field days for elementary school students and their teachers. And the purpose of these events are to increase the students' awareness of the importance that farmers and ranchers have in producing the food and natural fibers that are essential to our daily lives. County Farm Bureau volunteers have joined forces uh, in these counties with staff members of the Texas AgriLife Extension, as well as USDA's Natural Resource Conservation and the Soil and Water Conservation Districts in San Patricio, New Oasis in Hidalgo counties to help thousands of students and their teachers get a better understanding of the importance of agriculture, what farmers and ranchers do to bring those food items and those natural fibers that are so essential in our daily lives. Unfortunately, many of these young people have never seen or petted an animal have never had an opportunity to feel a lock of cotton or a handful of wool and do not have a good understanding of what is involved in producing these essential products for our life. With 2% or less agricultural producers in this nation and a majority of elementary school students who have never been involved or had relatives involved in production agriculture for the last four or five generations, we have a real knowledge void in the area of understanding and awareness of agriculture. Our hats are off to these volunteers and agricultural professionals that are helping to close the gap of understanding here in South Texas of what is really involved to get those food items and those natural fiber items to the American consumers. And we want to thank all that have been involved with Farm Bureau activities that help young people get a greater understanding of what is involved in getting those food items and the clothes on our back. Reporting for Texas Ag Today from the Coastal Bend area, this has been Harvey Buring. Parks and Wildlife is gathering input from the public on the future of white goose management in Texas. I'm Jessica Dommel and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. 
and ACTH is a hormone that's tested to determine if horses have Cushing's disease. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. Texas has lost over 2 million acres of agricultural land in the last 25 years. That's a threat to family farms, our economy, and our food supply. That's right. And there's a huge digital divide in our state. There are still large parts of rural Texas that have little to no access to high-speed internet. I'm State Representative Dwayne Burns. And I'm State Representative Trent Ashby. We're here to ask you to vote for Proposition 1 and Proposition 8. I wrote Prop 1 to protect your right to farm and ranch. It will prevent the abuse of regulatory power, protect the backbone of our rural economy, and ensure safe and affordable food for all Texans. And I wrote Proposition 8, which will create the Broadband Infrastructure Fund to address important upgrades for public safety and provide resources for broadband access in rural hospitals and schools. Let's head to the polls November 7th and vote for Prop 1 and Prop 8. Political advertising paid for by Texas Farm Bureau and Texas Broadband Now PAC. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. ACTH is a hormone that is tested to determine if horses have Cushing's disease. Dr. Bob Judd says recent research indicates ponies have a higher than normal concentration of ACTH. The testing to determine if horses have PPID or pars pituitary intermediate dysfunction involves measuring ACTH levels if horses affected with PPID have higher levels than normal horses. However, PPID is not the only condition that can cause ACTH levels to increase as season, latitude, Diet, stress, exercise, and illness can also play a role. Dr. Nicholas Bamford from the Melbourne Veterinary School indicates in the horse publication that breed can influence ACTH levels, and his group studied the ACTH levels in horses and ponies. The study involved 399 healthy horses and ponies with 127 thoroughbreds, 131 Shetland ponies, and 141 non-Shetland ponies, which were mostly Welsh-type ponies none of which had any symptoms of lameness or PPID. The researchers collected two blood samples from each horse, with one collected within two weeks of the autumn equinox and one within two weeks of the spring equinox. This is because ACTH levels typically increase in the autumn normally in most horses. One study confirmed that normal ponies, especially Shetland ponies, had much higher ACTH levels in autumn when compared to thoroughbreds, while levels were similar between the breeds in the spring. Because of this, we have to be very careful interpreting high ACTH levels in the fall in ponies. It is recommended to only test ponies in the fall for PPID if they have symptoms of PPID, as a high level could be considered positive when the result is actually normal for ponies. And although it is not clear why this occurs, we do know that ponies and horses evolve from different lineages. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Parks and Wildlife is gathering input from the public on the future of light goose management here in Texas. Jessica Domel has more in today's Wildlife Report. 
This week, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department will host a pair of meetings to gather public comment on the future of light goose management in Texas. As we told you in a previous show, the department may consider removing the light goose conservation order in Texas as the result of a decline in light geese overwintering in the state. The department initially proposed the action late last year, but then tabled that action in February. According to TPWD, historically, Texas coastal prairies and marshes were home to one of North America's largest wintering populations of light geese. Light geese are snow geese in the white and blue phases and Ross's geese. Due to a variety of reasons, including habitat loss, changes in agricultural practices, increases in hunting pressure, and regulations, TPWD says the Gulf Coast no longer winters a significant number of light geese. The department says the mid-continent population of light geese are experiencing an unprecedented large-scale population decline across North America. Wintering abundances, hunter numbers, and hunter success are now at all-time lows in Texas. TPWD encourages public attendance and commentary at two scoping meetings this week. The first will be held November 8th from 6 to 8 p.m. at Long Acres Ranch in Richmond. The second will be November 9th from 6 to 8 p.m. at the El Campo Civic Center in El Campo. The public can also submit comments and questions to Kevin Cry, the Waterfowl Program Leader for the department. Additional details are available on the TPWD website. Again, those meetings are November 8th, which is Wednesday in Richmond, and November 9th, which is Thursday in El Campo. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel. It's time to check the markets. We'll be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. Texas has lost over 2 million acres of agricultural land in the last 25 years. That's a threat to family farms, our economy, and our food supply. This is State Representative Dwayne Burns, and I'm here with my friend, Super Bowl champ, and Dallas Cowboy legend, Jay Novacek. You know, I've been a real cowboy my whole life, so I'm asking everyone to go out and vote for Proposition 1, the Right to Farm Amendment that this guy, Dwayne Burns, actually wrote. Whether you're a cowboy or not, this is important to all Texans. We all need access to safe and affordable food in the future. Proposition 1 protects our family farms and ranches, so they can grow our food right here in Texas. On November 7th, please head to the polls and vote for Proposition 1, the Food for Texas Amendment. Yeah, come on, Texas. Let's do it Jay's way. Vote for Prop 1 and then spread the word with your friends and family. Learn more about Proposition 1 at right2farmtexas.com. That's right, the number 2, farmtexas.com. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We saw a big drop in cattle futures to kick off the trading week on Monday. Even bigger drops than we had back on Friday as the market continued that trend into this week. December live cattle dropping 255 to close at 181.32. February down 325, 181.97, with April live cattle down 322. 184.60. 
Same story in feeder cattle. November feeders down 342 at 237.17. January feeders down 332, 236.42. March feeder cattle down 325 at 239.10. Cash-fed cattle market, all quiet on Monday. No bids or asking prices to report. Box beef prices were lower. Choice down 93 cents, 301.41. Select down 97 at 271.04. Now let's check those auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Doug Bass from Cattleman's Columbus is in the alleyway this morning with me. Doug, how was your Wednesday sale? I had a good sale, Mr. Larry. Uh, we ended up with 769 head of cattle. Uh, market looked really steady the last week. Uh, you know, sure enough, good good market, real consistent. Good. Let's talk about it. Yes, sir, on your packer cows and bulls, thinner, lower-yielding cows, 40 to 68, medium-flesh cows, 72 to 82, better high-yielding cows, 88 to 103, lower-yielding bulls, 80 to $1.02, higher-yielding bulls, 108 to $1.12. Didn't have any stock of cows yesterday. Uh, the calf market looked really good again this week. Uh Two to three weight steers, 225 to 310. Heifers, 215 to 267. Three to four weight steers, 220 to 310. Heifers, 210 to 272. Four to five weight steers, 215 to $3. Heifers, 190 to 287. Five to six weight steers, 210 to 258. Heifers, 185 to 243. Six to seven weight steers, 190 to 241. Heifers, 180 to 225. Seven to eight weight steers, 174 to 235. Heifers, 170 to 228. And your 800 to 1,000 pound steers and bull yearlings bring 145 to 228. Heiferettes, 135 to 185. Good. What was the count? 769. Did anybody tell you they're going to be back with cattle uh, this next week? Yes, sir. We've got some deals lined up uh, on some on some yearlings supposed to come next week. A uh, uh, couple pretty good size sets. So looking forward to selling them next week. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you. Yes, sir. You can call me on my cell, 979-877-4454, or at the office, 979-732-2622. Neighbor, my guest, Doug Bass, Cattleman's Brenham. You're listening to the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network on Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now, where lean hogs finished higher on Monday. December hogs up 65 cents, 72.40. February hogs up 47 at 75.95. Class 3 milk was lower Monday. November milk down 13 cents, 17, 20, 100 weight. December milk down 12 at 17, 15, 100. The cotton market continued its slide on Monday. We were lower once again as the market just drops and looks for somebody to finally buy it. We are seeing rain in some areas of the cotton belt. The Delta looking for a half to an inch of rain this week. But West Texas only expected to get just a fraction of an inch, so that shouldn't slow down harvest much. December cotton dropped 162 points, closing at 78 cents even. March down 120 at 80.92. May cotton down 118 points at 82 cents even. It was a quiet day for corn with very little news to move the market. We closed it out fractionally mixed. The December contract didn't move at all. It was unchanged, 477 and a quarter. March corn up a quarter penny, 492 and a half. Wheat finished higher today. This was the fourth consecutive day of higher closes for the wheat market. December Kansas City wheat up two and a quarter, 645 and three quarters. December Chicago wheat up three and a quarter, 575 and three quarters. 
In the energy markets, December natural gas dropped 24 cents at 327. December West Texas crude up 40 cents at 80.91 a barrel. The financial markets were only slightly higher Monday afternoon. The Dow up 14 points, 34,076. The Nasdaq up 30 at 13,508, while the S&P was up 4, 4,363. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this episode of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas Agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.